you often find yourself crumbling under the pressure to try and have that Instagram worthy setting or provision, then this episode is for you because I'm going to reveal some of the dark secrets of these settings and why all might not be what you think it is. Hi, my name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and inspiration. And with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self-care and your well-being. So hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Can you believe that we are still in January? At the time of recording this, we are at the very end of January and it feels as though we can almost touch February now. Now, I've been making a few changes to my home over the last few weeks, well, the last week really, and trying to embrace more of a stepping into spring feel. So I've got some daffodils and tulips sitting on my kitchen windowsill and some spring bulbs growing in nice pots sat on my dining table. And along with the changing um, feeling of the seasons, I've also thought about the scent that my home is giving off. And I've got rid of all of my wintry tones, all of my sort of berries and smoky smells and replaced these with more light fragrances as well with my candles and room sprays. And I really do feel like that's just changing my mindset a little bit as well and making me feel a little bit brighter when the winter just seems to go on forever. We also went to Ikea last weekend and we filled the trolley with lots of different sized plants. So we've had lots of fun popping these into different sized wicker baskets, layering different heighted plants throughout the house and really just faffing around with plant arrangements and candles, which does fill me with lots of enjoyment, I must admit. Now I thought I'd start by telling you a little bit about a setting that I went to visit before Christmas. I'd come across a setting on Instagram and had been so curious about them, as in all of their photographs that they share, their provision that was set up looked incredible so I arranged to go and see them so it was a dark December night I'd been asked to arrive at about 6 30 p.m as this allowed all of the staff to get their cleaning jobs done and reset up any areas of provision so I accepted this because I really did just want to go and visit the setting um, now normally I prefer to see settings when the children are in them and it's full of their life but in this particular case, it wasn't meant to be. So as I arrived, after quite a busy drive through the centre of Leeds, um, the staff were finishing, tidying up, doing a few jobs, um, setting up the areas. And when this was all finished, the manager showed me around the setting. Now, don't get me wrong, the setting did look perfect. It looked amazing. Everything had a place, the displays were all double-backed and things were laminated, everything matched with the colours. You could tell that it was a very organised place to come and be. 
but I just had a feeling like there was something that was missing. So I asked, how do the children have a voice in the environment? And that was it. Ta-da! That was the thing that was missing. The children didn't have a voice. Everything was planned around a predetermined adult choice, an adult picked theme. Now, I've been in settings like this before, and let me tell you, these picture-perfect Instagram-worthy settings are often trying to fool you, and here's why. Number one, the adults like control. I've worked in settings like this myself, where the adults try and cling on to every decision that's made. They like to plan out in great detail what theme of work will be covered that particular half term. They plan out all the learning opportunities. They think about what activities will be out in the provision. They worry that the moment they give the child that free choice to go and choose what they would like to do, that all chaos will break out. When this just isn't the case, the adults in these particular settings, they like activities to be done in a set way. They'll often provide children with examples, adult examples of what needs to be completed. So actually, we know when we visit these kind of settings that there's little opportunity for things like creativity or independence or child choice all skills that we know are really important to allow young children to flourish and thrive and be who they need and want to be. Okay, so the next thing, number two, is that when I go and visit settings like this, the levels of engagement are often really, really low. So let's pull out those um, Leuven scales of engagement and involvement and using these to observe the behaviour and the learning that's going on with the children shows me that we're often seeing children working at uh, levels one or two. And when we've got learning happening at this scale point, well, learning isn't happening. We need to have high levels of involvement for that learning to happen. And so when we're dressing things as adults around a particular theme, the children are often disengaged with this. And as a result, we might see the children wandering around aimlessly around the provision because they don't know what to do or where to work. Or we'll see behavior becomes an issue. Children are falling out, children are running around. They are not interested in what's going on, okay? Next, number three, as I've said, Learning doesn't happen here. When we've got poor behavior, when we've got levels of engagement that are really low, when we've got a high level of adult control, learning cannot happen. So always be wary when you come across a setting that you're seeing on Pinterest, sorry, or Facebook or Instagram, I want you to ask yourself this, where is evidence of the child's voice? How do we know that this setting are going with child-led interest? How do we know that the settings allow their children that sense of choice? So yeah, always look at these pictures with a little bit of an air of caution to them. Now, I do think that when we're setting up invitations to learn and play, that we need to make these irresistible. Absolutely. You know, we want to be thinking, 
will the children enjoy playing and learning here? You know, we'll be adding in things like our mirrors and our twinkly lights to give it that element of enchantment. But we should be doing this because we're responding to an interest or a question that children have been wondering about. And we're providing this invitation to play or this setup of resources in a way that allows the children to broaden their experience or knowledge. So, hey, you know, you might even be thinking that what we've been talking about today is happening in other parts of your setting. And if it is, then go back to those three points that I've just shared with you and start considering, number one, do the adults in your setting want a lot of control? Number two, how are our levels of engagement and involvement? And number three, how does the learning happen here? And if you start to think about these and consider the questions, you are going to start making huge changes to your practice. And as a result, your day will be calmer. The children will be excited to learn. You will have those high levels of engagement and it will be a really good place to come and learn. Now, before you go, if you're looking at leading your practice with love, where you're valuing your self-care and your well-being and prioritizing this, then you're going to love the Huga in the Early Years accreditation. So many of my members that have been with me in the last couple of years have said how it's transformed the practice that they're doing. But more importantly, they feel happier in themselves because they're creating a better balance in life because they're learning the skills that they need to be able to do this. Now, our Hugo in the Early Years accreditation is currently closed for enrollment. It closed last week. But if you would like to dip your toes into living in more of a Huga way and embracing it, then head over to my website, www.hugainthearlyyears.co.uk because on there, you can choose to download my free information pack all about HUGA and how you can embrace it in your setting and your provision for International HUGA Day, which is on the 28th of February. So head here, find out more information and start your HUGA journey. And if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of the others that you've been listening to, I would love to know. Send me a direct message. Or if you feel that you have a colleague or a friend that would really benefit from listening to this, share it with them. And hey, you might even decide to leave a review. Did you know that every time you leave a review for me, it helps more people to find this podcast? I had a lovely early educator the other day that was really fascinated in this term hygge that she'd heard somebody talking about. So she went on to iTunes and she typed in hygge and she didn't know what would come up, but the first podcast that came up was actually this one. And bonus, she was an early educator as well. So if we leave reviews, it just helps more people to find us. It helps to improve our rankings and hopefully more people can feel the magic of Huga. Okay. Well, I hope you have a really, really lovely weekend. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back next week. Take care. Bye.